This is Shimon Newbert with Hilchis Shrita, the laws of Shrita, chapter 5. This chapter contains 12 halochas. In this chapter, the Rambam discusses the laws of Trefa. The He lists eight types of defect in an animal or injury or sickness in an animal which cause it to be trefa and forbidden and he learns the details of the first one of these types of trefa. The reason that these laws are included in Hilchas Shrita is that it is usually the Sheikhet who is in a position to discover these trefas, and it is the Sheikhet who is, in some cases, responsible to examine the animal and determine whether these trefas are present or not. Haloche Aleph Kvar Beyarnu, we have already stated previously, Behilchesi Surei Maicholis, in the laws of forbidden foods in chapter 4, we have stated Shetrefa Hoamura Bate that when the Torah mentions the word trefa, trefa means that it was torn apart in the field, the Torah says basar basode trefa loisecheilu, meat that is found torn apart in the field, that is from a living thing that was torn apart by some wild animal or bird in the field if it is found like that, it may not be eaten and the Rambam states here that we have already mentioned in Hilchis Macholis Asuris that the trefa here, the torn apart meat found mentioned in the Torah, he hanoitolomus. That does not mean necessarily the literal case described in the Torah where an animal or bird was torn apart in the field and the meat was found there, but it means any case of an animal or bird that has some defect or illness or injury which makes it likely to die. And the only reason that the Torah uses this specific example of trefa, that it was torn apart in the field, the reason is that the Torah speaks of what is usual and likely, but this is only the most usual example of many different things which render an animal or bird trefa. The Torah mentions what is usually found, for example, a lion or some other wild beast tore the animal apart, or some other such animal, Ushvara, or it broke the bones, and the victim has not yet died. Nevertheless, even if it is now slaughtered according to the laws of Shrita, it is forbidden to eat it since before the Shrita, the animal already sustained an injury which made it prone to die. And in fact, there are other types of disease, sickness or illness or injury. If such disease or injury happens to the animal, the animal is by law considered to be terefa, even though it has not been torn apart by some wild animal in the field, and all the other kinds of trefa besides this one that we mentioned, that, it, that the Torah specifically says in the written Torah, that if it's torn apart in the field, it is trefa. The other 
kinds of treifa which we are going to mention are learned they are learned by oral tradition which was imparted to Moshe Rabbeinu on Har Sinai and there are eight different categories of treifa which were told to Moshe Rabbeinu orally on Har Sinai and these are they if the animal was trampled or attacked by some wild animal, by some predator, if one of a certain organs is punctured, if one of certain organs is missing, if one of certain organs was present originally but has been removed from the animal while it is alive, if the spinal cord has been severed, Kerua, if the animal has been cut or torn open, Nifula, if the animal fell from a height, Ushvura, if the animal has certain broken bones. These are the eight kinds of trefa. They are usually put in a slightly different order and they are remembered usually by the uh, initial letters Don Chonak Nefesh, Halochik even though all eight of these categories of Trefa were taught to Moshe Rabbeinu orally on Har Sinai, nevertheless, they, even though all were taught at the same way and all should have the same order of importance and they all should have the same law regarding being strict or lenient in cases of doubt nevertheless the eight are not treated alike since in fact the only one of these trefas that is written explicitly in the written Torah is Derusa, the case of the animal that was attacked by a predator uh, by rabbinical law we are more strict here and in any case where there is a doubt and the victim might have been attacked by a predator usher we forbid it even though it's only because of doubt and the other seven kinds of there are certain cases where we are in doubt and we permit it in view of the doubt, as we will explain in detail later, because the Rambam has already mentioned this several times, and will mention again in later halachas, that by Torah law, only things that definitely fall under a Torah law prohibition are in fact prohibited. In cases of doubt, we are in most cases lenient by Torah law. By rabbinical decree, however, we adopt usually the ruling that Sofeg Dioraisa Lechumra, wherever there is a doubt in a law that is a Torah law, we have to uh, take the doubt in its stricter form, and we have to be strict. So, in the case of Trefa, which is forbidden by Torah law, According to this rule, we ought always to be strict in cases of doubt. Nevertheless, we have an exception here. Only in the case of Derusa, of an animal attacked by a predator, where it's in the written Torah law that we find the prohibition, only there do we say that we are always to be strict in a case of doubt. But the other seven kinds of Trefa, occasionally we are lenient. Now what do we mean by 
Hidrusa by an animal that was attacked or trampled by a predator, who that means Shayitroif Hoari Vahayoitsiboy, that an lion or some other wild animal has torn apart, Habahema has torn apart this animal that was a victim, and it attacks it, tramples it with its forepaw. Oi, or in the case of a bird that attacks some victim, or a hawk, or an eagle, or some other such a wild bird tramples upon or attacks the uh, victim. Uh, which is itself a bird, that is a hawk, or an eagle attacks another bird. Now in the case of large behemoths and chayas, in the case of large animals, they are not subject to this treifa of being attacked by a wild land animal, except where the attacking animal was a lion. But in case of a large animal, cat, that is cattle or deer that are large, if they are attacked by any other wild animal other than a lion, this does not automatically render the victim terefa. daka, where we're talking about smaller animals, such as sheep and goats, min ulamaila, it becomes trefa if it is attacked by an animal that is a wolf or larger. and when we're talking about very small animals, that is, baby goats and sheep, afilu chosel veshuol even if the attacking animal is a cat or a fox or nemia, Nemiya, some translate as a small wild cat, and some translate it as some type of small wild rodent. or some other such small animal, Yeshlohem Drisa. This is considered an attack. And certainly such small animals, if they attack a bird, the bird has been made treifa. Halochehei. Now a hawk, if it attacks a victim, this is considered a drisa, it's considered an attack, and it renders the victim treifa, even if the victim is a larger bird than the attacking hawk. But any other bird that attacks prey, they can make the victim a drusa and make the victim a trefa only if the victim is of their size or smaller. But there is no drisa, they cannot render a victim trefa if the victim is larger than they are. A chulda, a weasel or large type of a rat, if it attacks birds, it uh, renders them treifa, and certainly animals that are larger than a weasel or large rat. If they attack a bird, they render it treifa. The kelev, a a dog, is not considered an attacking animal of prey. Kol ikar, in no case, 
is an attack by a dog to render the victim neither when it attacks a bird nor if it attacks any kind of behema or chaya and a hawk it is capable of making goats baby goats and baby sheep but only if when it attacks them it punctures into the interior of the animal it punctures all the way through the skin with its claws an attack is considered and renders the victim a trefa only in the case where it attacked with its hand, with its forepaw, Aval Beraglov, but if it attacked with its hind legs, in Shimla, we need not worry that the victim has become Trefa. And an attack renders the victim a Trefa only if the attack was made with the claws of the uh, attacker Aval Beshain, but if it attacked with its teeth Ein law, then we need not worry about Trefa unless it punctured all the way through the skin into the interior of the animal in such a case then Boitkim we have to examine the victim if a puncture wound was made with the tooth and it was made all the way through the skin into the interior we have to then examine the internal organs of the animal to determine to see whether one of the internal organs that is susceptible to trefa has been punctured. We will learn in the next chapter the internal organs which, if they become punctured, make the animal trefa. And an animal is considered attacking only if it attacks willfully. However, if the attacking animal fell from some height, and it fell onto the victim uh, unwillingly because it fell from a height, and its claws were stuck into the victim, this is not considered an attack. And attack can only be when the attacker is still living however if the attacker uh, trampled with its forepaw and stuck its forepaw into the victim and the attacker was killed and its hand is still stuck into the victim and it has not yet removed its claws from the victim the claws were not removed until the attacker was dead this is not considered a complete attack and we do not have to worry about Trefa now what is the law applying to such a victim that was attacked? Every place where we mention the term we say that we have to worry perhaps the victim has become treifa. What do we do? We slaughter the victim 
with a kosher form of slaughter, and then we examine the entire internal part of the animal, from the foot pads, from the bottoms of the hind feet, all the way up to the top of the head. In Nimtzeh's Kula Shlema, if everything is found in perfect condition, Mikol Minei Trefis, no kind of Trefa was found in there, Veloi Nimtzeh Baroshem Hadrisa, and in the internal organs we find no indication on them that there was an attack here, Hadezu Muteris, then the animal remains permitted. In Nimtzeh Baroshem Hadrisa, however, if we find on some internal organ, an indication that there was an attack, then the victim is considered and it is forbidden by Torah law. Now what do we mean? An indication on an internal organ that shows that there was an attack, it means that means that the internal flesh uh, that is just around the intestines or any other organ which we will learn in the next chapter that is susceptible to treifa. If we find that the flesh there has turned red, the or if the flesh in that place has become softened and sort of rotting away, it has become softened or rotted to the extent that this is now the type of flesh which a surgeon would cut away from a wound, then we Consider that flesh as if it were missing from the animal. And since we are talking about organs that are susceptible to trefa, if flesh was punctured or is missing, then utrefa, and therefore, since we have found such a defect here as a result of the attack, the animal is trefa. Halochayud. If the attacker attacked the victim in the simonim, that is in the trachea or esophagus, the things that are to be cut during shechita, then mishiyadimu, so long as they have become bruised, they have turned slightly red, treifa, the victim is treifa. And even the slightest indication, the smallest spot that indicates an attack in this place already renders it. If even the smallest spot on the trachea or esophagus has become reddened because of an attack, the victim is trachea. If we are in doubt as to whether the victim was attacked or not, Asura, it is forbidden in keeping with the rule that we learned in Haloche Gimel, Achatibodek Kidrusa Vadois. It is forbidden until we examine it. Unless we examine all the internal organs and find them to be in perfect order, the animal is considered to be Drusa, it is considered to be attacked and Trefa, uh, even though 
we do not know for sure that the animal was, attra- for, uh, was attacked. We only have a suspicion that it might have been intact. Nevertheless, unless we are able to make this internal examination, the doubtful victim is forbidden as if we were sure that it had been attacked. Ketzad, how do we apply this rule? What do we mean a case of doubt as to whether it was attacked, if if a lion entered into a place where there were oxen gathered, if the lion went in among the oxen, and we did not see the lion attack any of the oxen, but we find a claw of the lion sticking into the back of one of the oxen, we have to suspect that the lion has attacked this ox, even though we did not see the attack. And we do not say, well, maybe it was not attacked, maybe it got this claw because it scratched itself, as is the custom of oxen, they scratch against the wall, and the lion's claw had been broken off against the wall, and when the ox scratched itself against the wall it stuck the claw into itself we have to be strict here and and unless we are able to examine it we have to say that it was the lion that must have attacked the ox even though we did not see it for sure similarly a fox or a wild rodent that entered in among some birds and the uh, Fox or the rodent was silent, and even though the attacker did not cry out or make any noise, the birds began to crow. We have to suspect that the attacker, the fox or the rodent, may have attacked one of the birds, because otherwise there'd be no reason for the birds to begin crowing without anything to frighten them. However, if we have a double doubt here, because it was both the attacker, the uh, fox uh, or rodent that was crying out, that was braying, and the birds were also making noise, screeching, then we say, it was because of the fright from the animal and the noise that the animal made that frightened the birds, and that's why they are crowing. And we do not have to suspect that he actually attacked them in the absence of a definite proof that he did so, similarly, if the animal went in and we do suspect an attack and we find that he has cut off, he has bitten off the head of one of the birds, then he then we say that by doing so, the attacker's excitement has subsided and we do not suspect that he attacked any of the other birds. Similarly, if we saw him enter there, but neither he nor the the birds made any noise, they were all silent, we do not have to worry, there is not even a doubt here that would make us worry, perhaps uh, there was an attack, because if he had caused any damage to any one of the birds, all the birds would have begun crowing,
If it's not a case that an attacking predator entered in among the victims and we just don't know whether he actually attacked, but if we're in doubt as to whether he entered at all or he did not enter, or we saw some animal entering in, we know that he definitely entered. But we do not know what kind of animal entered in, whether this is an animal that attacks smaller prey or it doesn't. In such a case, since we have a double doubt, we do not have to suspect an attack, since we have a double doubt here. Perhaps it did not enter or it was not one of the attacking uh, species of animals and even if it entered and was one of the attacking species maybe it didn't in fact attack and similarly a bird we saw a kosher bird enter in among some uh, trees or among some reeds that are growing and we did not see uh, where it went because it was hidden among the trees or reeds the Yatsa and then it emerged from there and its head or its neck is dripping blood we do not have to suspect that it was attacked by some predator but we say uh, probably it received this injury from the uh, trees from the wood or the reeds and therefore we do not have to suspect an attack. Thank you for listening. Please listen tomorrow for chapter 6.